We're going to be in the second chapter of Romans tonight. And the biggest majority of people, the biggest majority of people that uh, that read this get it wrong. And 99% of the people in the world have no clue what he's really talking about. Uh, the subject, the subject of judging uh, is a subject that people like to use to cop out on why they don't, they're not doing right. You know, uh, people want to throw up when you give, when you tell somebody the truth. You give, tell somebody what God uh, says in His Word. Well, you know, you ain't supposed to be judging. Uh, well, the Bible says God has committed judgment to the house of God. Do you know that? The Bible says one day we're going to judge angels. Do you know His bride is going to judge, sit in judgment of the fallen angels? Did you know that? The Bible teaches that? Hallelujah. Amen. There's and, and judgment, the Bible said, is going to begin at the house of God. So we got to understand what this means. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take my time in this, and I give you this handout because when, when we walk away after we finish this, I want you to have the proper understanding. I don't want you to be as messed up about this as everybody else is. Hallelujah. And believe me, the majority of the people is messed up about it. They have to, um. The Bible says the Word of God is, is, is no, no private interpretation. Now, what that actually means is you can't take one or two scriptures and pull it out of the rest of the text and build a whole doctrine around it. That's the, the reason why there's so much false teaching today is people take the scripture and pull it out of context. And they, they do not read it in the text from which is written. I have, I have uh, taught this, and I have, down through the years, uh, you need to look at the Word of God as a whole. Now, I know there's 66 individual books, but it's only one book. It's only one book. And you cannot pull out one part from something else and build something from that. And uh, I, I won't go any further into that till after I get to reading uh, tonight. I'm going to be reading uh, Romans chapter 2. We're going to start reading verse 1. I'm going to read down through verse 11. And uh, I've titled this lesson tonight, Jews and Gentiles All Under Sin. Jews and Gentiles all understand. I, I, I sincerely prayed and sought God today. I says, God, I stand in judging myself over how I teach. And I want to get this right. And I'm calling upon you, Lord. And I thank God. I mean, he... He come on the scene almost immediately. 
Hallelujah. Well, let's, let's read it, and then we've got to go from there. Therefore. Now, let me stop at the beginning. Anytime you see therefore, you better consider what's it there for. When he said therefore, that means it's automatically being linked to what has been said. And we spent the last two or three weeks studying the first chapter and calling all them sins where God turned over people to reprobated mind and, and, and all of that. And, I mean, we covered all of that stuff. And then he comes in here, then he says, Therefore, so it's linked together. Do not separate chapter 2 from chapter 1. When God wrote it, it was only one anyway. Man added chapters in 14... 100 B.C. came and divided the Bible. In the, the Bible did not have chapters when it was originally written. And there's a whole lot of places in there that the guy who put chapters in there didn't put them in the right spot. Hallelujah. Therefore, so we keep up, in other words, from where we left off in chapter 1, and I'm going to talk more about that in just a few minutes. Therefore, you are inexcusable, old man, whoever you are who judge. For in whatever you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same thing. But we know that the judgment of God is according to truth against those who practice such things. And do you think, oh, this, old man, you who judge those participating in such things, what things does he talk about? All those things we talked about in chapter 1. All those things were, and God turned them over, and God turned them over. That's, he's still talking about that. It's the same train of thought. Uh, you uh, who judge those practicing such things and doing the same, that you will escape the judgment of God? Hallelujah. Glory to God. I can't get up here and preach behind the pulpit about adultery if I'm committing adultery. Hello, somebody. Glory. Amen. Well, let me, let me go on. Verse 5, But in accordance with your hardness and impenitent heart, you are treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God who will render to each one according to his deeds eternal life to those who by patient continuance in doing good seek for glory, honor, and immortality. But to those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath, tribulation, and anguish on every soul of man who does evil, of the Jew first and also the Greek. That's important the Jews, and the Greek. If you miss that, you're going to miss the true meaning of what he's talking about here. But glory and honor and peace to everyone who works what is good, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For there is no partiality with God. Amen. The scope of the first two chapters of this epistle are linked together and should have been part of the whole. 
The summary of this is found in chapter 3 and verse 9. He starts in chapter 1, and he talks about all of those sins and works of the flesh. Then he gets into chapter 2. Then it's not until chapter 3 that he sums it all up. And I'm going to read to you what he says. The summary of this is found in chapter 3, verse 9. This we have proved upon the Gentiles, chapter 1. Now in this chapter, he proves it upon the Jews. Basically, quickly, uh, before I go on, all of those things he was talking about in chapter 1, where God turned them over and God turned them over. Now, he was talking about Gentile nations, all the Gentiles, all the things that the Gentiles in years past had been guilty of. In chapter 2, he moves from the Gentiles to the Jews. And he's getting on their case now. He's getting on their case. Uh, the summary of this, as I said, he said, we have proved upon the Gentiles. Now in this chapter, he proves it upon the Jews. Romans 3, 9 through 11. I'm going to jump ahead because I've got have this to clarify this and tie this together. What then? Are we, and I'm the one that added in parentheses Jews because that's who he's talking about. Are we, and Paul was a Jew himself, and so he was including himself. That's why he said, are we better than they? And, and the they means the Gentiles. Hallelujah. Are we better than they? No, in no wise. For we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they're all under sin. In chapter 1, all that stuff we talked about, Paul proved that the, all the Gentiles was under sin. Now he comes along in chapter 2 and what we just read. He says, you're judging the Gentiles, old man. And when he say old man, he's talking to the Jewish nation. You have judged the Gentiles, but you've been doing the same thing that the Gentiles have been doing. Hallelujah. Amen. And he said, so, for we have before both proved Jews and Gentiles. See, he's in the third chapter, and he said, listen, I both proved it to the Gentiles in chapter 1 and to the Jews in chapter 2 that they both are under sin. Hallelujah. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. My Lord. Hallelujah. Now notice there, I got a couple points. He proves in general that Jews and Gentiles stand upon the same level before the justice of God. Secondly, he shows more particularly what sins the Jews was guilty of, notwithstanding their profession and vain pretensions. Hallelujah. You remember what Jesus told about the Pharisees in his day? He said, you love to appear in the marketplaces in your long garments. 
walking around calling out long prayers to be seen by man. Phariseeism. Hallelujah. He, he told him in one place, he says, Woe be unto you because you lay burdens on other people's back that you can't even carry yourself. Hallelujah. So this is just not a talking about uh, uh, judging per se, but it's talking about the position that you are in. Hallelujah. Amen. Church, we got to make sure that we're right if we're going to lead somebody else right. I cannot lead you down a road, Brother Paul, that I ain't never walked myself. Hallelujah. Amen. I mean, oh God, help us not to get a self-righteous spirit and attitude. I saw that so much. My Lord, hallelujah. Man, these self-righteous attitudes stink in the nostrils of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. My heart bleeds for those, amen, who the devil has got tricked. and People who have been in the place where the Spirit of God has moved. Hallelujah. Brother, Brother Darrell has been taking this thing out beyond the four walls here lately. And I thank God for that. And he stopped by, stopped by uh, Scott's place. And he wasn't there, but he left a note there said, the Holy Ghost is looking for you. Now, a lot of people would put themselves in a place to judge him and condemn him and say he's no good. But you know you know what I see? I see a man, big man, falling under the power of God, He's shaking, speaking in tongues. Let me tell you something. There ain't a man or woman sitting under my presence here tonight who hadn't been tricked by the devil. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Don't never sit down and play poker with a devil. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. If you sit down and try to play poker with the devil, you better know how to hold him, know how to fold him, know how to walk away, and know how to run. Hallelujah. The devil trips up, he'll trip up everybody. He trips up seasoned saints as well as he does new ones. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. You see, look in your hand out. Jews, they were judging the Gentile people. I'm sure when they was reading all that stuff in chapter about chapter 1 that Paul wrote about the Gentiles and how God turned them over and God turned them over, them, Jew, them Jews, them Pharisees say, Amen, brother, that's right, man. Those men, they're, they're, they're low down. 
They were eating all that up, and then when Paul got in chapter 2, and he, he stopped talking about the Gentiles, he started talking about the Jews, and he said, hey, you're worse than they are because you're judging them, but you're doing the same thing that they're doing. Now, there, there's something I've I got to bring out about this. Jews who judge Gentiles hypocritically, thus despising God's mercy, will themselves be judged by God impartially according to, to truth and their works. Chapter 2, verses 1 and 11. Jews who judge Gentiles hypocritically are without excuse since they practice the same sins and will also be judged by God in accordance with the truth. Amen. Now, look at the bottom, begin of the uh, bottom paragraph there. The Jews thought themselves a holy people entitled to their privileges by right. That's what they thought. While they were unthankful, they were rebellious and unrighteous. The Jews looked down on the Gentiles as no more than dogs. And we know that fact. We read the scripture, talked about it. Hallelujah. Pointing out all the sins of the Gentiles while overlooking their own because they thought they were privileged. Hallelujah. Well, go back and think about it in Paul's time. They wouldn't even sit down and eat with a Gentile. They thought they was too good to eat with a Gentile. I remember one time when Paul came along and, there, and, and Peter was there and there were some Jews and there were some Gentiles there in the church and uh, uh, all the Jews, when it come time to sit down for the fellowship, fellowship meal, they separated himself and wouldn't, wouldn't sit at the same table with the Jews. And, the, and Paul said even Peter was carried away with their dissimulation. And you know what Paul did? He, he spoke right out. He called, Paul, he called Peter out right in front of them all, and all of them. He said, what is this you're doing? He said, when the Jews from Jerusalem ate around, you sit at the table and you eat, you eat country ham like the rest of them. Now, that's not what it was said per, per, per se, but that's what he meant. Jews in the, in the church, after early, in the early days of church, they still, they, 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 they tried to follow the old law and the old covenant, and they didn't eat pig meat. But when the Jews come around, Peter, he stayed away from the country ham and the fried, and, and, and the fried crispy bacon. Paul called him out on it. Hallelujah. You see, that might be the way things was under the old covenant, but the old covenant was law. It was death. The new covenant is grace and life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Grace and life. Thank God for that. Thank God for that because I like a big old homemade biscuit and a big old country, piece of country ham laid in between it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. A little red-eye gravy. <laughs> Glory to God. Listen. But all who act thus of every nation, age, and description 
must be reminded that the judgment of God will be according to their real character. The case is so plain that we may appeal to the sinner's own thoughts. In every willful sin, listen to this, in every willful sin there is contempt of the goodness of God. Don't matter if you're Jew or Gentile. As though the branches of man's disobedience are are very various, all sprang from the same root, which is Adam. All of our sins come from the same root. It came from Adam, Jews and Gentiles. It all came. Now, my last paragraph, and I rushed through because I wanted to get get this through. How does all this relate to us today? How does it relate to us? Well, I gave the best example that I know, know to do, things that I have witnessed. Apostolic people stand in the same place as the Jews did in Paul's day. Why? How do we, how do we stand in the same place as the Jews did in Paul's day? Because many consider themselves special, privileged because of the truth we hold. We got the message. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. And as the Jews did, the Gentiles, many apostolics, looked down on other uh, uh, denominations that got, got a, uh, that needs to be corrected there, typographical error, and point out everywhere they're doing wrong. We as apostolics like to look at other people and point out all their wrongs, everywhere they're wrong. Come on. But there just might be some of those you look down on, make it better than you because the Bible says, unto whom much is given, much is required. I'm going to tell you something. You better be weary of anybody who likes to try to to make you think that they're going to be the only ones going to heaven. We got certain churches that teach that and believe that. I know some UPCs that believe that the UPC organization is the bride. And when they talk stuff like that, they're doing the same thing as the Jews did back in Paul's day that Paul here was bringing down a case on. Hallelujah. Don't never tell somebody who's not in the apostolic church that whatever experience they have, it ain't nothing. You don't know if, it's, you don't know if it ain't nothing or not. I'm going to tell you something. And I know this by experience. My repentance was received at an old altar's bench that them old-time Baptist people called a mourner's bench. I received, I had, I stepped at repentance there. Something happened inside me. I was changed. And I began on a journey, a spiritual journey of growth. And every, none of us here, None of us here got it all that we need at one time. Everybody in this room tonight is on different levels of spirituality. Hallelujah. 
And if I'm if I'm if I may have gone further down the journey and I understand a little bit more spiritually than somebody else, they don't give me the right to look down on them. If we do that, then we can't be we cannot be an object, a vessel that God can use to lead them into further truth. You know, you know what the Bible says? A brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city. I've, I've been guilty of a few things like that myself in the past. And I pray to God, I pray to God, amen, for forgiveness over that. Because, listen, God has got us here. We're his body. And, and, and we have to try to lead people who don't have the full understanding to help them to get, so they can understand a little bit more and realize that we're all on different spiritual levels, nobody, you know. And uh, God, God will, will judge each and every one of us individually before, according to our works. That's what the Bible says. Hallelujah. Amen. And so, in closing this lesson for tonight, before I open up the floor, if anybody wants to make any comments or have any questions, understand that the first chapter that we went through, all those things and sins that was going on, Paul was referring about the Gentile nations because they they were heathen. They didn't have they didn't have the law given to them like the like the Jews did. But in chapter 2, he left the Gentiles and started preaching on the Jews and saying, listen, you are judging the Gentiles and accusing them of things that you're doing your own self. He let them know. He said, you think you're privileged people. You think you're somebody special. But with God, there's no partiality. Hallelujah. Amen.